0: Welcome to Real Truth, real quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm here with Todd Wagner. Hey, buddy, and Todd. Well, listen, we, we're shooting this, and we're in the middle of an interesting election season. Probably one of the most interesting ones. Yeah, in, in our, our lifetime, in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so, really, as a believer who wants to be responsible, here, here's the question. How should a Christian, what, what's the wisdom on voting when you really don't agree with either of the candidates that you have before you? Well, that's a great question because it kind of appears that's where we're tracking for some people, which is, man, I don't like the two leading candidates for either party at this particular time. And If that's the case, what do you do? Well, first of all, let me say this, that we are primarily a people that are here to uh, encourage and serve. And some people think that because we're here to encourage and serve God, we're servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, we don't get involved with the affairs of man. That's crazy. The Bible tells us that we are to seek the welfare of the city in which we live. When we live in a land where the government of the people, by the people, for the people, citizen is an office. We have a tremendous responsibility. If you did a word study on the word politic, which is just kind of a negative word and Christians should be above politics, let me just tell you, the word politic is the same word as the root citizen. We are to be good citizens. The word politic is the same root word um, as the word um, uh, polite. Another a synonym for the word polite is the word right and an expansion of rightness is righteousness. If we're not concerned with righteousness, what are we concerned with? Politics is really a discussion about the governance of people. And so what you're doing when you vote is you're delegating your right to rule and execute justice to another person. In a democratic republic like we're a part of, you better be involved with the political system. You can't advocate that role. Now we've seen people who have um, made the political system our savior. That's a problem. We cannot make the political system our savior. It's also not our sworn enemy, okay? It is a servant of God, is what it says in Romans 13. It's for the um, prosecution of those who do evil, 1 Peter 2, 13, and the praise of those who do right. So you know we can't let our political efforts pull us off our spiritual mission, but we should never ever be people who believe that our spiritual mission keeps us from uh, being folks that are concerned with uh, a political opportunity to be engaged, okay? We've got to do political good. So what do I do if I don't look? Uh, if I look and neither candidate is good, all right? Well, one of the things that um, you know I, I've heard uh, others say. I think Russell Moore was the first guy I heard say this. It was a great statement, and that is that until Jesus of Nazareth is running for political office, we're always going to be voting for the lesser of two evils.
1: Okay yeah.
0: and so at some point you know the scripture says all men have sinned, all men fall short of the glory of God. By, by God's standards, Romans 3, every man is a liar. Now because by God's standard every man is a liar that doesn't mean we should vote, vote for somebody who is a habitual liar. That would be insanity because you never know what he's gonna do and I always want to make decisions on who I'm going to delegate my authority to by asking them who's their authority. In other words, who governs my governor? Who rules my ruler, okay? And so um, there is a limit to the evil that I should endorse, even though not everybody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. What's the direction of their life? I'll give it to you another way. Um, just because Jesus says that um, that if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you commit adultery, okay? And by that standard, everybody is an adulterer. That doesn't mean a girl, when she's evaluating future uh, spouses should not care if this guy's a serial philanderer okay so so yes in one sense all men are adulterers but that doesn't mean you endorse guys that are actually committing adultery at that level all the time as a practice of their life same thing Jesus says if you go look at a brother and you, you say you fool okay you've committed murder okay, which is a pretty high standard we've all in that sense committed murder but that doesn't mean you vote for somebody who says I'm for murder Okay, I don't really care at what stage of development the human life is, as long as it's not out of the womb, okay, I think we should kill it. That's nonsense, all right? So the only difference between a fetus, Rick, and a teenager is age, environment, and development, okay? And so when I have somebody who says, hey, you can terminate human life at this stage of development, I'm going, I can't endorse that candidate at any level. So what do I do if I've got a liar and a murderer as my options. I wouldn't vote for either of them. And you hear this from a lot of people, well, and then you're just throwing your vote away, Todd. I'm not throwing my vote away when I stand for righteousness, okay? My job is to, uh, is to create a case that there is a better way. And when somebody, you know, you ever play those ethic games, you know, what would you rather do, uh, you know, and sometimes even like people will say this, would you rather prosecute an innocent man or let a guilty man go? How do you answer that question? I answer it this way, neither. Okay, I don't have to do either. And they go, no, I'm making you do it. I go, you're not gonna make me do it. I'm gonna do everything I can to prosecute evil and to exonerate innocence, okay? And so when I go in, even though we are in a two-party system, I am not obligated to vote for one of those two candidates and I'm not throwing my vote away when I vote for righteousness. By the way, um, if you go down a list of great American presidents, Historically speaking, when we look back, who always comes up at the very top of the list? Greatest American president. Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln's often said. Let me tell you this, when Abe Lincoln ran for president, okay, uh, the two primary parties were the Whigs and the Democrats. And yet here was this third party that came out, it happened to be a Republican party at the time, and don't get hung up on those names, but that third party candidate won the presidency. And we go, wow, that seemed to be the right guy, all right? and so. All I want to share with you is, it's not throwing away the vote. I don't agree that you should go. Man, he'd be a great president, but he's not electable. Okay, the reason he's not electable a lot of times is because we haven't done a good job of making the case why we should elect said person. Okay, so uh, the two-party system is not ingrained in our constitution, and given two alternatives is not ingrained in wisdom. Okay, when both the alternatives are less than God's best. And what needs to happen is there needs to be an increased articulation as to why we might need a third way, okay? At the end of the day, I'll just say this. You know, uh, Daniel 2.21 is a verse that really should inform us on all these things. My friend Chuck Colson is the one who I, I heard say this, that hope doesn't ride on Air Force One. In other words, politics is not our savior. Jesus is our savior, okay? Also, we shouldn't get less engaged Okay, in our public world, we should get more engaged as believers because we ought to seek the welfare of the city in which we are in, and so um, it's not our sworn enemy. Politics isn't. It? it is the servant of God. So Daniel two twenty one is a verse that I like to remind myself uh, of continually. And Daniel two twenty one says, "It is He, meaning God, who changes the times and the epochs. He removes and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding." So God's at work. Okay. Part of the way God's at work, though, sometimes is he lets people get what they want. (laughs) Uh, Psalm 106 says that he gave them over to desires, but he sent leanness to their souls. If we want murderers, liars, immoral, inconsistent, self-concerned, power-hungry people to be our leaders, we're going to get that, and it's going to cost us. And so I don't think that we need to be people who think we're throwing away a vote when we vote for righteousness. We need to make a case, if nothing else, that hey, well, there's some people doing that. Either way, last thing, is there is this thing called the spiral of silence where everybody kind of agrees that what is held as the prevailing public opinion by the cultural elite and people in power is wrong, but because they're either intimidated by what will happen to them if they speak up or because uh, they think it's not gonna make a difference or that no one else must believe it because no one's speaking up. Therefore, we just continue to have what everybody knows is wrong be the standard that is out there. That's why you've got to speak up. And don't think away, Don't think you're throwing away your life or throwing away your vote when you do, okay? We have a responsibility to, um, to stand for rightness, to be good politiques, to be good citizens, to make sure we govern well and we don't endorse evil, okay? That's the mark of an evil person. Okay, is that in Romans one, it says that not only do they do the evil deeds, okay, but they celebrate or participate with them when they do it. I will never participate with evil by my vote towards evil men or to men that are less no one's perfect, but whose direction is towards inconsistent truth telling, integrity, murder, violence or a lack of concern for others. So let me be clear and just reiterate this, because people go, well what do you do if you don't want either candidate? You still vote, you cannot not vote, okay? So so you're not wasting your vote when you say, I think there's a better candidate out there even if you have to write them in. Uh, we recently had a senator elected in Alaska who was a write-in candidate. It can happen, okay? Uh, but even if it can't happen in terms of what we think logistically, it's still the right thing to do. Now you've gotta determine if either one of the candidates that are up there, are tolerable for you if it doesn't, if if their candidacy is not below this certain uh, limit of evil that you can't defend. You might go, I feel comfortable voting for that candidate. Okay, that's that's what you've got to do with a clean conscience before God. But uh, I don't think we ever have uh, uh, the ability to just say I'm not gonna vote. We have to not become less involved in the system, but as good citizens, more involved. Okay, Todd, so I want to ask you one clarifying question as we close. You made a comment earlier that sounded like if you vote for a candidate that God wouldn't endorse, yeah. then you're then you're evil in a sense. And well, let so. me, yeah. Let me remind you what I said at the beginning. So until Jesus runs for an office, you'll always be voting for a candidate that is the lesser of two evils. Okay, but I will say again, and it's important to say, that there is a limit to the evil that you, as a servant of Christ, should tolerate. And the way I reason I get that, that, that would be an evil act to put somebody in office who is willfully practicing consistent things that are against. Uh, What God would be is what it says at the very end of Romans, okay? And so in Romans it's talking about a long list of what happens when we suppress the truth and unrighteousness in verse 32 very end of chapter 1 He says although they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death They not only do the same but also give hearty approval to those who practice them When you vote for somebody you are giving your hearty approval For them to govern and lead the way they've told you they're going to govern and lead and I cannot give hearty approval to people who uh, drop below certain standards, whether it be that you, they say, I don't really care what I said before, I'm gonna do what I wanna do now, I don't really care what God's word says, I'm gonna do what I think is better, that person I wouldn't put in office. Somebody who says, I don't care what you think about that life, I don't think it's valuable, I'm gonna get rid of it, I think that drops below a limit uh, of, uh, of that which I can endorse and, and, and any believer should. But, you know, Romans 14, 22. All right. Well, hey, lots to chew on. That's for (laughs) for sure. Um, Well, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week on another episode of Real Truth Real Quick.